Hello, I'm Jerry Pettinera. And I'm Andres Guzman. And you're listening to Film Q. That was our best intro yet. <laughs> uh, so, what is on the slate for today? It fell apart completely. <laughs> <after>. <laughs> we're, it's, it's one of those days where we're recording directly after seeing the movie, so we're not prepared at all. We're like, what are notes? There, there, we don't have notes. No, no amendments from last week? Uh-huh. I felt like I did want to say something, but... Um... I'm blanking out right now. Anyway, if it comes to me, it comes to me. Um, speaking of coming at you, you saw the 3D porno. I just want you to talk about. <laughs> I want you to talk about that for a bit. Um, so it's an actual film. It's called <laughs> Love. It's uh, Gaspar Noel's latest film, and uh, they it played at TIFF, uh, 3D glasses and all, and everything else that was included. Uh, Why were there 3D glasses on Jess? Because it was in 3D and there were uh, 3D cum shots. Yeah, that's what I wanted to hear. <laughs> it's literally coming right at you. <laughs> I will make that pun to my dying day, and I hate puns. Yeah, but if there's jizz involved, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna milk it. <laughs> so we watched The Martian earlier yeah. today. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> this was a terrible beginning. Uh, the Martian. What did you think? I really liked it. I loved it too. Uh, actually, loved is a strong word, but I really liked it too. Yeah, I th- I th- that's what the unfortunate thing of like recording right after. I'm like, it's all, I'm like, I end up being on that border. I'm like, I'm not. Yeah. It, it could be more with more time or like on a second viewing. Exactly. But right now, I like, I really liked it. Yeah, I'm still processing it, and I might love it, but right now, I really liked it, and I have to disagree with David Ehrlich, who. In his review on Letterboxd, I think it was. On the Letterboxd one, I yeah, saw. Um, he says that the sh- the movie is completely tell, t- uh, tell, 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 and no show. Yeah. My argument would be that in this film, it's warranted because this is a film dealing in hard science. Like, hard fucking science. And so, showing those concepts is almost not enough to convey what is actually happening like i feel like this movie one of its goals is to educate in a way or just in the sense that um this is the hard science that goes into nasa's nasa's jesus nasa's uh space programs and their missions and so this is what all this fucking knowledge they have to have and so having characters verbalize the their solutions to the problems helps convey that sense i mean it would have been a, kind of weird to just see uh like mark uh watney just kind of go from one thing to the next and start doing things and not explaining yeah. it because then like, we're just going to be sitting going like what what's happening like i feel okay maybe the whole poo thing uh where <laughs> where he uses his own uh shit to basically fertilize the soil that because that's a concept most people understand that you yeah. need poo to grow shit. No pun intended there. Uh, <laughs> oh god, I want a I'm a punning machine today. Uh, you started off with one early. Yeah, <laughs> just kept on coming at it. God, it's like herpes just keeps coming back. Uh, <laughs> I don't have herpes, people. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. Now it's gonna be a fucking thing on my conscience uh you're just happy right now you're gonna edit this one yeah exactly it's just gonna be me again <laughs> celebrating myself um 
I lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, concepts like him making water. Like, I don't know if that would have been completely clear or things like... I always thought I had a when he's, pretty good understanding of some science stuff when I was mm-hmm. in high school. Most of the stuff I've been like, I I was like, sure, that, that sounds logical. Yeah. Like, I, I can't disprove it. The script was heavy enough on the techno babble, except it was actual legit babble, that I felt... I trusted the movie. I felt like it wasn't lying to me at any point. Like, none of this stuff was impossible, if perhaps improbable, but not impossible. My favorite thing is that uh, The Martian played here during TIFF, and now that they, like, NASA, I almost made your same crappy (laughs) pronunciation. Now that NASA, like, realized that there was water, that there's water on Mars, then, uh, Tiff tweeted out about the Martian. It's just like Mark Watney would be so happy right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So the movie is really funny. Yeah. Oh, that's fuck. That's exactly what I was gonna say. Is that um, the movie for being hard science is not cold and detached like a Kubrick film might be. Right. Which again isn't 2001 my favorite movie. Obviously, so I'm not attacking it. I, oh, there! I brought it up again. I didn't bring it up last week, though. Yeah, I just realized. If you're, uh, if you're a listener, then you you know this. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, it's not cold. It's not detached. It's actually very warm. It's very uh, funny, as you say. But what I love about it is that its central theme is almost about the value of a single human life. Yeah. And because of that, it's rooted in emotion, and so all the science is just a coat onto that. Even even with a a movie like take. Uh, another stuck in space movie like Gravity, where uh, you're terrified and not sure if she's gonna make it out mm-hmm. alive, and you're scared for her, even though she is also scared and trying to be as brave as possible. But in this, he has even less reason to believe he's gonna make it back. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, she was at least in ice in like sight of the earth <laughs> yeah she, she's like i can see it if i <laughs> if i fall i i won't make it but yeah. I'll, I'll make it exactly um whereas yeah where gravity is more of a roller coaster fun ride of thrills yeah, <laughs> of thrills uh the martian is more of a Roll. comedic drama it's more of a yeah. An, almost an exam again like an examination of the value of a human life and i feel like that comes to a head when we see that this is an international thing right? yeah like everyone is cooperating or at least uh hoping to get this guy back because that's what it means for uh that is the value we put on ourselves because i think it verbal they verbalize it in one scene in particular where um Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels. Yeah, he says, uh, "One man. This is more important than one man." And I think it was Chiwetelle Ejiofor who said, "I think it was Sean Bean. Was it?" Yeah, Sean Bean. Sorry. Yeah. Who says actually it isn't? Yeah. (laughs) Because it encompasses basically everything. Humanity essentially encompassed in one man. Our innate will to survive and persevere and fucking genius we're capable of not me because i flunked almost math in grade <laughs> 10 11 and 12 but you know some of us out there with better brains than mine I and mean, i did okay but it's still not me either you went to programming 
That's smarter than what I did. Look <laughs> how that went out. <laughs> uh, one thing I really liked about the movie is that uh, Jessica Chastain's relationship with Matt Damon is strictly that of like a crew, uh, mutual respect. Yeah, uh, through like uh, partners who've been on this journey for a long time because it's they establish that Jessica Chastain has a boyfriend or a slash husband often on Earth, and so her strong desire to get Matt Damon back is all about uh, her sense of obligation, her sense of duty, uh, and also just her sense of loyalty to another person, right? Yeah, because she almost convinces herself that it's her fault that he's left there alone. Yeah, because uh, just to give you some information, she (laughs) we're talking like you've seen it, which you probably have not, but if you have you can follow along anyways. Uh, early on in the film, there's uh, they're hit by a storm and they're all making their way back when Matt Damon's character... <laughs> I, I only remember the actor's name. I never remember character names. Uh, Watney. Mark, Mark Watney. Yeah, Mark Watney is hit by uh, debris and sent off and they think he's dead. And it's her... So it's ultimately her decision to press on or go look for him. And even though she tries her hardest to look for him it's nearly impossible in that storm and so she has to make the decision and so and it's an and, necessary and also decision. The, the, the other fact is that like if she went to go look from the uh shuttle that they were about to take off and was gonna tip and it was they, yeah. they would be stuck there so and the film never i feel like sides against her at all like it it shows that there, there are there are a few points where like mark even goes on to to say like it i don't blame her like i get it yeah totally um so yeah so she but she still has that lingering guilt right of leaving feeling like she left someone behind after it's revealed that well even before it's revealed that he's still alive but especially after yeah even uh in the scene when they're uh taking off from mars uh and you'll see all six seats go back and look up towards the camera and you have that one empty yeah. Uh, seat and she just uh, her and Kate Mara's character just like look over at the empty seat speaking of Kate Mara the one thing I felt was uh, almost tangential to the whole movie is her relationship with that other astronaut just put on at the end so I'm not really I don't know it just tack it feels tacked on or almost unnecessary yeah but we don't really spend time with them either so we don't we, we well, don't we that don't lingering shot of where he's outside and she's like watching him we only really understand most of these relationships in related to Watney that when it comes to the crew to each other, it just seems like they get along. So I didn't, I wasn't bugged or saw that it was like thrown on or anything at that, uh, them be having this thing together. It, it just, to me, it felt like it could have made sense because they got along well, clearly, mm-hmm. as they showed before, and that when you spend that much time with someone, I can only imagine. Yeah. Um, it's just... the Everybody else uh, on the crew had uh, either somebody at home or family at home, so... They just had each other? Yeah, but I don't know. I just... I guess ultimately why I'm complaining is that the movie does feel long. It is long. It's two hours and fifteen minutes, roughly. Ish, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, you can feel every minute of that, and it's not because the movie's boring. 
I mean, perhaps that's what David Ehrlich was feeling, and he uh, equated that with the whole show, lots of telling and not much showing. But to me, I think it's just there was a lot of perhaps redundancies because while it's super interesting and I love survival movies and I love space movies so survival movie in space is perfect um, we like to see we think we like to see every step of like every problem he has to face right like okay how is he going to make food okay how is he going to do this how is he going to do that but in the end if there's no real dramatic weight behind it uh-huh. or if it's the same sort of drama behind it as another problem then it becomes tedious and redundant or derivative for example what I'm trying to say here is uh, this is an example because I can't quite think of specifics from the movie right now but there's let's say he needs food and then there's the one where he needs water right right they're both in this they're both sort of rooted in the same dramatic uh, conflict which is he needs something for sustenance he needs sustenance to survive and so once he clears that hurdle where we're, the audience has moved on, right? We don't need necessarily um, to see it played over and over again. You know what I mean? Right. To, to see that emotional res, uh, resolution played uh, over once he gets the water or whatever. So that's, I guess, my, what perhaps is dragging the film down a bit. Um, I've seen a few reviews and, and, and read a few that people were saying that it flies by. Uh, I don't know where that came from. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it... I didn't feel the, like that the actual length of it or thought that it was longer. I felt like it was an average hour and a half film, but I, I don't... Know it might just be that we were in like front row. <laughs> yeah, we had pretty shitty seats. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, and also... It's the same theater every fucking time. And oh, it was a yeah. Stupid, stupid I've, fire alarm. Didn't we have that on another episode, too? Uh, um, Which one was it? Movie? Well, no. Sp- or was that just our own? When we, when we saw Spring, it happened during Spring. Oh, yeah. Uh, and when we, we saw Inside Out and the, the people. Were the people bad in Inside Out? No, it was fine. Um, Spy. Spy was bad. It was that fucking woman with her phone going off the entire movie. Oh, yeah. And then the guy. It was a little kid who was just like, do you know how to turn it off? I can tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Press the button. And then you slide your finger across the top. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, Martian proves anything. Apparently, people are good. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know what? And that's what I... I love movies whose ultimate uh, stance on humanity is that we're good. Because that's my ultimate stance on humanity. I don't know where you stand on that. I mean, like, it's really easy to see a lot of other evidence to prove that wrong. But then sometimes, even though this is not a real story, thankfully, but sometimes you'll see something like this. And see people get like growing together and and that and that community sense and you're like oh no people are good and sometimes uh even knowing that two three bad things happen and then one giant good thing happens to me kind of out like outnumbers it in a weird way and you never really hear much about the good things because it doesn't make for good news doesn't make for good clickbait no like no one wants to hear fucking 
uh, old man helps young kid with drug problem. I don't know. That's kind of fucking it's oddly specific. Yeah. <laughs> it's not rooted in any base fact, uh, any true fact. But you know uh, a person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I was gonna, I was gonna go with a different angle on that, and then all of a sudden it turned into a joke thing. <laughs> Uh, anyway, but you know what I mean is that you don't hear stories about the small kindnesses no. that we give to each other, and that's I think on the scale of where you're judging humanity, good or bad. I think all the little good things outweigh the few bad things we hear about every day. Well, I mean, there's, another shooting, another stabbing, but I don't know how much of it I've ended up putting on the air. But I complain a lot about my work. <laughs> uh, yeah, but there are. The things I can't deny about where I work is that I've, I, I brought a lot of, mostly every guest has been from my theater. Yeah, I mean, you've made a lot of friends there. It's, yeah, it's and they're awesome. all good people. And yeah, I like we, them. <laughs> yeah. They've been on our show. This is our uh, Cineplex, uh, what are you guys called? Servers? No. Cast? Cat. Yeah, this is our Cineplex cast appreciation episode. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, like... Even hanging out with them sometimes, I'm like, oh, you know, people can be good. And then... <laughs> and then no, that and comes across as you thinking, these guys are assholes most of the time, but they can be good. Just don't treat us like shit, guys. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, no, the friends you've made there are really cool, and I've liked them. Um, some more than others. Ooh, <laughs> major figure that figure figure that out for yourselves. I'm cutting this. Well, out. I mean, that's not. <laughs> I'm totally cutting this out. All right. No, I'm leaving it in. <laughs> um. Anyway. Well, if you keep that in, it's not like it doesn't have to be like one really really low person and then no, one person I, a lot. It, yeah. It's fair to say like, it's like I like it's some like, people more than others. That's, it's like the Beatles albums. They don't never release anything. Compare them to the Beatles. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're not that good people, right? Uh, Fucking who's a mid-range? Fucking. I don't say Green Day, but I know you hate Green Day. I fucking hate Green Day. I I don't even. There's no Green Day. Okay, there's no Green Days amongst your friends for me. They're all. You don't like Dookie or American Idiot? I hate everything about them. I have Dookie. It's on my iTunes. It's on my iPod. What's wrong with Dookie? It's. It's I hate snotty pop punk because it's just the antithesis of what punk should be. This guy doesn't like Blink One Eighty Two. What am I doing here? You don't like? I mean, you like Blink One Eighty Two? Yeah. Oh god, get out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're the same thing that I hate about Green Day. They're snotty, snot nose, stupid. That sounds idiot. about right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I'm sorry. I don't like uh, punk aimed at teenagers. Shots. Fired, my friend. You had more before, so this is not that big a deal. I know. Back to the movie. <laughs> yeah, back to whatever the fuck we were talking about. Uh, anyways, what are your final thoughts on The Martian? Um, it's definitely something I want. I want to see again. I don't know. Uh, things are about to pick up real fast coming up he- here, uh, and I'm not sure how soon I'm going to go back to it or who I'll go with, but it's definitely something I want to give a second sh- shot to. <laughs> Uh, preferably with better seats. Oh yeah, totally. Um, and, uh, and no and, fire alarm. And no fire alarm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I really liked it. I thought it was really funny. The uh, the acting was really good. Mm-hmm. 
I wanted to bring up Donald Glover. Oh yeah, you had a little story. Yeah. Um. So he went on. I want. I'm pretty sure it's Conan. And Conan like asked him about how his release got. He's supposed to be like famous for taking very few takes of things. Mm-hmm. And so in Donald's first scene, he is uh, asleep on a couch, and then he sits on a chair, and then he has to go to a different room. But as he gets up from the chair uh, while he was taking the first take he drops he just fucking falls <laughs> on the floor shit. and apparently because there's like four cameras going on same time even though I guess that was all one take because it looked like they cut it up yeah. but he just stands up and he's like I'm fine and just goes on with the take <laughs> and then when he at the end of the at the end of the scene, I guess he asks, he's like, okay, so we're going to do this again. He's like, and, and really just says, no, that's good. Well, that, that'll work. <laughs> and uh, so that he, the scene in the movie when he drops to the ground and fucking eats it <laughs> is legit. It's real. Legit him eating it. <laughs> yeah. And he went on a point. Uh, have you seen Thelma and Louise? Uh, no, I have not. I have not either. But apparently there's a scene where a uh, husband is chasing one of the wives and he just drops to the ground, uh-huh. and it's the exact same situation. Yeah, where uh, they did a few other takes, and uh, really just was like, no, this is this is this is more real. <laughs> it's true. It is, but uh, and, it, and it makes it a little funnier. Yeah, exactly. Um, Wasn't there another story you had to tell about? Well, just about what I want to say about his act, about Donald acting. Oh yeah. Man. Uh, for those of you who have seen Community and know that Donald Glover it plays. Troy probably next to Abed like the most famous and yeah probably the most famous characters most from loved the show. characters from the show. Uh, there's an episode from probably the weakest season, <laughs> and this is probably the best episode of that season, where Troy and Abed switch bodies like it, it's like a Freaky Friday sort of thing. <laughs> And I'm pretty sure that's a line from the episode too. It's like a Freaky Friday sort of thing. Probably is. That <laughs> sounds like something they would say. Uh, and basically, it's never. Uh, it, it it ends up being in that episode. Troy ends up acting like Troy imitating Abed. And to me, that's exactly what I saw when I was watching this movie. I mm. saw. Uh, Donald Glover's Troy's impersonation of Abed and the most like fucking rabbit hole like place to get to the only thing that was missing was that in the episode he constantly puts like sticks his hand out and leaves one finger in the air as he explains things and that's all I was missing yeah it's true I remember when you told me this on the train back um it struck me because it's totally what it's what it is he's doing Abed if not maybe a little more manic but yeah well, now this is going to go a little into a community conversation, but Abed, in the later seasons, has a bit more of a personality, a bit more of a visible heart and emotions, mm-hmm. and uh, but that's why it. The way I always saw that episode was that it was because there's, it's uh, it's community. It's never a, a real freaky friday moment they don't actually switch bodies they just pretend to yeah 
and they just commit to this bit and just fucking run with it so because of that it's troy's impersonation of what he thinks abed is exactly and it makes it for a good moment that's amazing um for me the martian is an is a it's a great movie that i'm gonna have to sleep on because like i said i had problems with the length of it and i would feel it and we're also tired so that's yeah that's also (laughs) both super tired um but yeah i really liked it and it might mark a shift in ridley scott depending on how your perspective on scott we'll get into that right now So, Andres, what do you think of Ridley Scott? Great director or no? No. Oh, I was actually thinking I was going to be the, the negative side on this. Go no. Um, <laughs> That's a strong <laughs> no. Like, it, you, the bad part about I'm not saying he's a... Okay, sometimes he's a bad director. Uh, I'm not saying he's a horrible one. <laughs> it's just I can't say great. Uh we're looking at IMDb and he has 33? 35? 36. Well, I'm not counting the last two right now because they're uh, like, they're announced in pre production. So 34 ish movies. 30, we'll say 30 because some of these are TV shows. All right, so roughly 30 movies. And uh, I also can't really put, uh, I can't give a definite yes or no because I haven't seen enough of his films. Mm-hmm. But from what I've seen, most of the times I walk out of a movie or once the credits the credits roll, I'm just like, I don't get why he's such a big deal. Yeah, I feel like he's a big deal for like two movies he made when he was young, which I would argue he lucked into. Yeah, <laughs> and one not... isn't even as good as most people think it is. Yeah, I'll, I'll be right off the bat. Alien is no Alien is genius. It's fucking Alien is fucking perfect. Yeah, and I've seen it I, I watch it at least once a year yeah uh i saw it in the theaters earlier this year and they're showing it tomorrow and part of me wants to go see it yeah no it's, it might be on film it's a perfect movie other than like one little bit which always makes me laugh instead of scares me it's when the alien like he, they're in the vent and he turns and the alien's there and he goes surprise oh right yeah <laughs> he sticks well, out his arms and he's like surprise! other than that <laughs> well the first I remember I got it I got like the first time I had watched it in a while like was a few years ago and I was listening I was watching the movie on my laptop and as I was watching it I didn't want it to play on speaker so I was using headphones Mm -hmm. and then that fucking moment happened I nearly (laughs) lost my shit I almost (laughs) broke my computer because I freaked the fuck out So I can't say that it makes me laugh. <laughs> the idea of it makes me laugh, but it, it doesn't. No, well I don't know. It's just so goofy to me because um, he's like his hands are like on jazz hands. Yeah, he's like ha! <laughs> Surprise, uh, motherfucker! <laughs> so after Alien, wait, wait, wait! I saw oh. something say about Aliens or Alien. Uh, I don't even think he has much to do with the greatness of that movie. Oh. Because he got lucked out in that he inherited the team 
that was a part of the team that was going to make Yodorowsky, Alejandro Yodorowsky's Dune. Yeah, with like Geiger and stuff. Yeah, with Geiger, which Geiger had never worked on a film before. Hadn't, hadn't even been thinking about it. But then Alejandro Yodorowsky saw his work, was a fan of it, and wanted to bring him in to design some of the sets and costumes for um, a specific location in Dune. Right. And so that was going to be Geiger's first film work. And uh, I can't remember his name. Let me look it up real quick. I think it's something Bannon. Dan Bannon, I think. Yeah. Dan O'Bannon. That's Dan it. O'Bannon. Uh, Dan O'Bannon was a writer on Yodorowsky's Dune as well. After this fell through, uh, he decided to write his own little movie, try to make a project after. Right. Uh, which ended up becoming Alien, which I think was called Star Beast or something like that. Uh, I don't remember. Um, that sounds about right. Yeah. But so, yeah. So he lucked into a great script with lots of nuance in it. And he lucked into a great design from an artist who hadn't been working in film, but was going to thanks to Alejandro Yorodosky. Yes, his direction helps a lot because, I mean, he has that very precise, clean look. And it's, it's great. But at the same time, I don't think all he... He is the sole uh, responsibility behind the greatness of that film. So then after that comes Blade Runner. And I think, we've, I don't know if we've ever established this, if but not, we have controversial opinions on Blade Runner. Andres, you bite the bullet and go first. I can't stand Blade Runner. <laughs> Just, uh, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't. I've seen a. F- couple versions i think cuts but from what i've heard the the one the They're, first cut improves on the theatrical cut but then they just start getting worse i don't i don't i don't know which one i saw uh like i said earlier this year they showed uh, i saw alien in the theater mm-hmm. and it was part of like this digital uh film festival that it was having and so which is uh layman or not layman term but it's Cheap way of saying, hey, we have a Blu-ray and we're just going to plug it into the projector. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is fine because it still looks yeah. it like watching Alien on the big screen is still great. <laughs> yeah. Huh? I saw Super that way. Yeah. It was all right. But nine out of ten times, it's almost identical to how it goes. Either, way, either that or it's a, a file on a hard drive. So it's not yeah. that different. <laughs> um, so part of the other movies that they were showing were uh, like Pan's Labyrinth, which was great to watch in the theater. I saw it when it came out, but... Like today, I saw it in the uh, front, front, front row. <laughs> and uh, being 13-ish was not, it wasn't a fun experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other one that I made sure I had to see was Blade Runner because I, I had somehow gone all my life to, and re- reached to this point of not seeing it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I have to see this. I have to see it. It was always on my list, even though I bought it. And like I do, I didn't watch it. So I got the tickets, went to watch it, and uh, oh my god, <laughs> what, why, why is that movie so popular? I get like, right off the bat, I totally understand aesthetically and everything about the design, the designs it? and stuff, and how it influenced science fiction f- until now, and probably will for who knows how long. Yeah. But, but on a story level, I was just yeah, which is the most important. Bored, level. yeah. I was bored. I didn't care. It was too cold, and 
I, the film I, doesn't I even understand started, its own source material. I just started laughing at points. Yeah. At like points what? that weren't funny. Yeah. Like, well, in, like, the final uh, sequence through the whole, like, Tears in the Rain mm-hmm. uh, speech, and... You were laughing at the speech? No, no. The speech was good. Okay, there yeah, were, like, the speech there, is like the one thing I actually There like are about good it. parts of it, and like by far, f- my opinion, the, the cinematography was the best part. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can't deny that. But sometimes during the speech, a fucking dove flies out of like, his pocket, <laughs> I think, and it just flies off frame, and I was like, where the fuck did you... John Woo, are you here? What is going on? <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> That's when I started laughing, and the guy next to me gave me the dirtiest look, because he's like, this is a serious moment. Why are you yeah. laughing at this? This is serious cinema. Uh, cause... And then I said something to him after the movie was done. And Did it was, you? Yeah. What did you say? Well, after, <laughs> he was there with his girlfriend, and uh, the movie ended, and he's like, he turns to his girlfriend, and he's just like, ah. They just don't make movies like they used to. Mm-hmm. And I just like snuck over beside him. And I just like, I was just like, good. Yeah. <laughs> and I walked out of the theater. <laughs> Man, I wish you would have stayed with Caesar's reaction. <laughs> it's true. Because my problem with this movie is that it totally misunderstands the thematic center of the film. Because the whole question of whether he's a replicant shouldn't matter it shouldn't be a question he is human it's about it's about how the robots have discovered humanity while humanity itself is lurching away from it um i agree it doesn't really matter uh i don't know if you saw but recently uh while doing like all this press for the for the martian really was asked again like every other time about Blade Runner. Why do people keep asking shut up? <laughs> and he pretty much just turned around and he's like, of course he's a fucking replicant. Yeah. And well, proving that Ridley Scott has no understanding of fucking thematics. Which is uh, back to Alien. I can't... What, what's the ship? The the, the uh, derelict? The Nostromo? No, at the, the other ship. I think it's called the... They call it the derelict. Well, derelict means empty or abandoned. I think that's what like the other ship they find, like the one where it has all the eggs and stuff. Oh, uh, I don't know. What's it called? Is that what you're asking me? I think that's what it's called. The derelict. I'm pretty. I, wa- I want to say it is. Okay. Uh, so during an interview about uh talking about the Prometheus sequel, which we'll touch on in a moment, mm-hmm. uh, is because now it's called Alien Paradise Lost. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It is. And uh, and while he like announced it, and they're like asking him questions, he referred to the ship as a croissant. Oh, he's like, I like to call it the croissant. And uh, me being a pretty diehard alien f- fan of the first three, yeah. and I do stand up for Fincher's Alien Three. I defend it on uh, to a level degree, also. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not great. It's not no. Alien or Aliens, but it, it's watchable. So it's not. I don't yeah. want to kill myself after it watching it. It has its own thing going on, but I like it. Yeah. And it's supposed to be an actual conclusion that you know the fourth one just kind of yeah. throws out the window. Uh, but for myself and other people who probably are bigger fans of the franchise than I am, 
probably like all at the same time just face palmed ourselves and was just like he clearly doesn't know his own source. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck are you gonna call a ship a croissant? <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> he probably just doesn't remember the name of it, so he's like, whatever. <laughs> um but it's, that would have been like I don't remember what it's called. Let's just call it the croissant, as opposed to, you know, the ship. The, I like to call it the croissant. <laughs> the ship. Two different like connotations yeah. and meanings here. Actually, uh, going back to Blade Runner for a second, um, I watched it a while ago, but even then, I could tell there was it was way too cold, withdrawn. There was no real sense of narrative propulsion. Um, and which is fine, but if you're going to do that, you should, uh, meditate on a theme sort of thing, right? Make it more of an art film in that, in that sense. But like I said earlier, this film has no idea what it, what its theme is even trying to say. So ultimately I feel like that movie is a failure. It, it's, it only works on the design level. But anyway, going back to the aliens... Ridley Scott would later revisit the alien world with Prometheus and Andres what did you think of that I like Prometheus what (laughs) really why I thought we were on the same side of here Prometheus is not an alien film and very much so it's that's proven and I'm not wait are you being serious or are you making a point it's I'm a bit of both well that's kind of the same thing isn't it no I mean like are you being serious in the sense that you believe that it's literally not an alien movie? It's not. It it's an alien movie. It's or are you a, making it, a it's point? It's an alien prequel. Apparently, one of three that leads you to the first alien, right? Okay. And this is this is one of those cases where like the only reason why I probably agree with the film, it's that I'm just like I for some odd reason for some weird doubt thing that I have I'm like siding with Ridley Scott to be like okay. You have two other films to lead me into Alien. Make them good. Uh, It's like, here's the thing I can't deny about Ridley Scott. His films are gorgeous. Oh, yeah. And seeing Prometheus in the theater, it was breathtaking. And I had a lot of fun. And I think the thing was, uh, unlike Marvel movies that say, hey, there's no this or no post credits and stuff and then still have them anyway when he says it's not an alien movie and there's no xenomorphs there's there's one but i don't even really count it It's like a proto xenomorph yeah and like there's a weird math to figure out how to get to a xenomorph and i'm like this is too i don't (laughs) care about this i was uh i was interested i liked a lot of this stuff there was a lot of stuff that bugged me again i'm saying i like it i'm not saying it's good. <laughs> I'm saying it's good enough. Yeah. Well, my pro- I remember being super excited for that movie, and part of that might feed into my because when you're super excited for a movie and it doesn't meet your expectations, that's when you really don't like it. Um, for me, I was entranced by those early trailers, which kind of led. Prometheus still has one of the best trailers I've yeah. ever seen, and it never matched any of that. Which is why I don't watch trailers anymore. Because <laughs> I, from those trailers, I, I was still s- rewatch the Prometheus trailer from time to time. I was so excited! I'm like, this is gonna be one of the best movies of the year of all time, even. And then I watch it, and it's just so dumb. 
everything is so dumb. The characters are fucking flip flop from scene to scene. Just, just to. Uh, it feels like a prequel and a remake at the same time because then you also have the same characters that pretty much fill in the exact same, like yeah. blank archetypes that the first film had. Like David the Android. I don't remember filling any in for of the Bishop. Name. Yeah. The Bishop. Yeah, Bishop. Um, Bishop might be aliens. I don't know. He's in both of them. Because he comes back, remember? No, that's two and three. Because in the second one, she has when she finds out because he's playing uh, the knife game, and once he figures it out, he's she freaks out and she's like, "You didn't tell me there was a an android." Oh no, sorry. The android in the first one is uh someone else. Can't remember who. I don't know. Anyway, uh, well, who was my point? I'm saying they just fit into all those, uh, Ash. Ian, yeah, Ian Holm. Yeah. Okay, I remember now. Yeah, he's creepy and he has that milk yeah. blood. So he just. Uh, funny story about aliens, even though it's off topic in a James Cameron conversation. Prometheus, that's what I was that we Sorry. should have one day. Yeah. Uh, apparently, in the scene where Bishop gets like penetrated with the fucking <laughs> I don't know what word stabbed <laughs> with the tail through his like <laughs> penetrating through his chest it's that love 3D talking and he just starts like spewing out all of that of his blood yeah which is apparently like raw milk yeah it's so gross so it's like all chunky yeah pay attention to that next time you watch Aliens it's so gross Ooh, I'm getting all gaggy uh <laughs> But yeah, my, anyway, my ultimate point on Prometheus was that I was completely uh, disappointed in it because it was c- incredibly dumb. It pretended to have themes when it really didn't. And as a, an alien film, it just completely destroys the mystique of the creatures. Um, it, yeah, it looks gorgeous, but that's like one iota of the equation needed to make a great film. I don't know about a good you, film. I don't know about you, but in film. The Martian, when Watney is like stapling his his wound yeah. on his stomach, I just thought of Prometheus. Oh, the big the surgery. The surgery scene is the one scene that works in that film. Yeah, because it that because the stakes are very clear. She has the, something. The in weird her, abortion. Yeah, it's it links thematically, sort of on the same level as the first movie which has dealt with sex and uh, sexual abuse and so here can you use penetration in that sense no it's so so bad (laughs) what did you even think of that man Um, so her stakes are clear where she wants to have this abortion uh, and she's desperate to get it out and so we are desperate to get it out and so it's very visceral it's very tangible that sent that emotion there and that's so that's why that scene is the only one that works with everything else in that movie is so disconnected from hu- humanity in any way uh, this is the thing was like everything was it was it was a pilot to a series that's what it felt like it felt like it was it was a part one to to the to the to, to like a three-part entry to a into the original series and yeah. That's not necessarily a good thing. Yeah. Um. My problem with Ridley Scott is my same problem I have with David Fincher. 
<laughs> and I know Uh-oh. you absolutely adore David Fincher, but I feel like both of them are at the mercy of their material. If they have good material, then they'll make a good movie. If but they always, he always has good. Who David Fincher? Material. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. It's other people's stuff, though, and the material may be good, but his application of his talents doesn't always fit. Fight Club, to be for an example, we have to have this Fight Club episode eventually because I want to go into further detail why I don't like that movie. Um, Weirdo. <laughs> um, case of Benjamin, the uh, whatever Case of Benjamin Button. That's, his style does not fit the. That legitimately is the only David Fincher film I cannot stand up for. <laughs> I can I can stand Viridian Three and Panic Room. Panic Room is great. I haven't seen Panic Room. <laughs> well, fuck you, Dan. <laughs> Panic and, Room is a great simple thriller, and it's quick, and it like it was stylized to show what Fincher is gonna end up doing. Um, sorry, one second. Googling Fincher, or I am DBing it. Mm-hmm. Sorry, uh, I'm just looking at all the stuff he's done. I want to make sure I'm not Girl Who Played with Fire. I, not Girl Who Played with Fire. Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. I heard is terrible. What? From who? Who said this? Who are these people? Critics that I respect. I need to read these reviews. I don't yeah. agree with them at all. Uh, anyway, he hasn't made as many movies as I thought. He's made like eight. Yeah, it's not much. Oh. Uh, anyway, my point. Ridley Scott. With the Marsh. Compare the two. Dave Fincher's better. I am. Comp- they're the exact same thing. They're fucking. Jer- That's they're, comparing. They're glorified journeymen. They just fucking David Fincher. If he's working with the right material, yes, he's better at finding good material. I'll give you that. But he's sometimes his application of his talents, like I said, doesn't fit, and he makes for a terrible movie I mean, or a we, terribly misleading movie. You loved Gone Girl, didn't you? Yeah, but I mean, that's where the, I, I the material to... lines up with. He Gillian Flynn is super smart, and she made an amazing script that she adapted from her own novel. Yeah, but Gone Girl is like perfect for fincher it was like the most yeah i'll say him i'm not saying he's bad i'm just saying he's at the mercy of his material yeah but on average fincher's putting out good work as opposed to scott who's not okay yeah batting averages is one thing but even fincher's i wouldn't put fincher above any like fucking anyone who fuck i'm trying to think of somebody edgar wright noel bombeck Anyone who writes their own shit. Because those are true auteurs. David Fincher is just a, a working dude who makes really good movies I sometimes. I don't know if I'd throw auteur into the world for Bombac. I have to guess I have to, more to watch more Bombac films. Uh, he's a writer-director. That's all you really need to be an auteur. It's literally because you're authoring your own movie. I don't know. That's never how I took it. No? What did you... What? Like, artist? What? No, I, I understand it's an author, but it's like like being able to sense uh, their the fingerprint on like. And you don't print. sense Bombac? Not yeah. enough, no. No? No. I totally sense Bombac in all, each of his films. Um, that's another discussion. Wow, we got really off base here. <laughs> don't bring up Fincher. Don't attack Fincher. Yeah. Fincher <laughs> is fucking a, sh- a showman, and he has one show. And it's, look how dark and gritty and serious everything is. And it sucks. And he has so much fun with it. 
with Gone Girl, he had fun with it because that the script was having fun with it. I, every the script time, hates everybody. Every single time I watch Gone Girl, that's the thing. You know, David Fincher is a misanthrope, and when his scripts are misanthropic, that works perfectly. When they're not, when they're supposed to be hopeful. Would you ever classify Gone Girl as a bit of a comedy? Yeah. Okay. Cause good. Because I'm not. I'm. I'm glad because. I remember so we agree on this thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, for that, uh, I remember somebody was. I was watching this video and somebody was just like, "Man, Gone Girl was so funny, such a good comedy." And everybody else in the in, in the video was just like, "What fucking movie were you watching?" <laughs> and I'm like, "What do you?" It was hilarious, and I was like, "All I can picture is Fincher on set as like all these as this is a spoiler for Gone Girl, but as uh, Rosamund Pike's character just." fucking kills neil patrick harris <laughs> yeah. i'm only picturing like fincher having to walk out of the room because he's laughing yeah i mean it's supposed to be hilarious because this movie absolutely and it's weirdly sweet but that maybe that's just me it hates everybody and so it's it's laughing at everyone because like look how fucking stupid we all are i don't know the way i always i always saw gone girls so it's like hey these two people are fucked up but because they're fucked up they kind of deserve each other even yeah. though they shouldn't be together they kind of deserve each other but i mean it's pointing it's the finger so, it's at weird us sweet. too because all the well, that's all the, the media, media thing that's a yeah. that's a different part of it that's it's what we are interested in watching and exactly that's why that's why it points the picture the finger at not only them but us at everybody because the movie hey, hates god girl was so good no it's really good and people who said it's uh misogynistic don't understand that it doesn't hate women it, it hates, hates everybody. everybody men women Athletes everything in between just as much as all fucking ass. Yeah. <laughs> um he didn't kill anybody but uh Back to Ridley Scott. <laughs> we're, we're, running, we're running short on time here. We so, make the rules. Uh, we'll just like breeze through some of the other films I've watched. Gladiator, you haven't seen. I haven't seen But Gladiator. I would say watch Gladiator. Cause Gladiator. I've heard really good things about Gladiator, and it was something I wanted to check out it's before not like this. But super special, like necessary that you watch it, but it's like the kind of movie your dad would really love. I'm not saying your dad specifically. I'm saying dads in general. He, he does. <laughs> I mentioned to him, I was like, I have to watch this. And he's just like, he's like, why? Are you rewatching? I was like, no, I've never seen it. He's like, you've never seen Gladiator? I love Gladiator. <laughs> Gladiator is so good. Dads love Gladiator. And it's good. It works on them. Is that like a prerequisite? I can't have kids until I love Gladiator? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they hand that with your kid's birth certificate, a DVD I, of Gladiator. If I don't like Gladiator, I know what my tweet will be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pregnant. <laughs> no, uh, if I don't, that means I can't. Oh, if you don't like Gladiator. Yeah, yeah no. No kids for me. <laughs> yeah. You're celibate for life. Uh, Hannibal, did you see Hannibal? Yeah, I did. Did you like it? I mean, the last time I saw it, I was like, it's goofy and dumb as shit. But I it was, kind it was of enjoyed it's it. definitely not like any Science of the Lambs. It's not Science of the Lambs, and it's not uh, Manhunter. Man yeah, yeah. So I'm like, whatever. No, yeah, it's goofy. It's kind of dumb, but eh, I remember enjoying it. I really want to see Kingdom of Heaven. I remember seeing it when it came out, but I haven't seen it since. No. Do you remember liking it? I, remember, I heard the theatrical cut is inferior to the director's cut. I don't know. I, I just, when I was, when I saw it, I remember just thinking it was too long, and I just never really... Because <laughs> the director's cut's longer. <laughs> well, I was also a kid, so like, <laughs> anything, if a movie ran past like 85 minutes, I'm just like, oh god. Uh, but yeah, I think, I, I'm not, I've never been a fan of like those... Or at least, like, prior, I've never been a fan of, like, those... Medieval? 
medieval like period piece middle like ages. action yeah. i uh, love the middle ages so <laughs> i i remember loving them in class but then when it came <laughs> to movies i was just like i don't I don't want to watch Troy. Stop making me watch Troy. No. Well, Troy or is the Middle Ages. That's ancient times. It's all the same shit. To me. <laughs> it's all oh my god! Whatever. It's not now, so it's then. Um, did you see American Gangster? I did, and I do really like the Gangster. Yeah, yeah. I haven't. Seen but that. then, uh, American Gangster. Who I don't know who wrote it, but I know Denzel just fucking kills it in it. Uh, let me check. It is written by Steve Zalian and Mark Jacobs. Oh, no, Mark Jacobson wrote the original article. Steve Zalian wrote Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Hey, and Gangs of New York. Schindler's List? Gangs of New York? Damn. This guy's written some good movies. Wait, he wrote Moneyball? Yeah, apparently. Yeah, and there. Aaron Sorkin too. I swear Sorkin like I, I think Sorkin took over. Yeah, probably Sorkin. Maybe he wrote an I, original. Yeah, draft I'm pretty. I'm, I'm I remember when Moneyball came out. It was just like from the guy who brought like who wrote Social uh, Network, Social Network and um, everything else he's done. But yeah, um, Body of Lies, Robin Hood, Counselor. I've not seen Counselor. I love the Counselor. I heard it's the script's great. I have not seen the film. Cormac though. McCarthy, fantastic author. Um, the script is awesome and it's fucked up and it's it's a movie you have to be on its wavelength because if you're not on its wavelength then you're gonna miss the point entirely and you're gonna you're not gonna jive with it you know um it's a movie about crime that takes place almost after every crime (laughs) i don't know if you know del toro recently like went on twitter and he got an account and uh one of the like ongoing series that he's doing on it is because it's like every day he's like oh this is a movie you should watch or that's like uh misunderstood and mm-hmm. like a book you should read and stuff like that and one of the ones he chose was the counselor i don't remember what he wrote with the tweet but it was one of his things yeah no it's it's a, it got panned when it came out but i think it's actually a genuinely great movie that with time people are gonna uh come along to but again that's all cormac mccarthy i don't know how much ridley scott actually has to do with that so whatever uh, final analysis. Uh, final thoughts on oh, Ridley no. Scott. Uh, there, there's one more. Exodus. Oh shit! I for- totally forgot that. Exodus. No. <laughs> All right, that's it. That's a. <laughs> that's your summary. Yeah, of I, Exodus. No. I didn't see it in the theater, and then my mom bought it because she's a uh... pirate. <laughs> yeah. No, she's very like religious. Oh yeah. And she's like, oh, I should, I want to watch it, and then. I was like, all right, and then we put it on, and the entire time I was just like, this is this is bad, this is weird, all this. I feel like this is gonna uh, happen with my dad because he loves big epics too. Yeah, and it's like all these like whitewash stuff yeah. and all that stuff that just ends up happening, and uh, you know, like I said, it's nice to look at, and then it ends, and even my mom's <laughs> just like, I'm sorry we had to watch that, yeah. and I was just like, at least you know, yeah. at least you apologize, <laughs> at least at least we didn't walk out of here being like, oh, that's a good movie, but yeah. like, no, it's <laughs> not, no, <laughs> all right, um, so, final word on Ridley Scott, great director, no, he's good enough, he <laughs> sometimes can handle the material that comes his way, but I'd never see enough of his personality in it to make or break a film mm-hmm. uh and i'm 
maybe I'm in the minority, but when I hear uh, Ridley Scott's name attached to something, I'll, that doesn't make me jump for joy as it might for others. Yeah, for me, I would say no, because like I've mentioned, he is just a glorified journeyman who's at the mercy of his material, much like David Fincher. I uh, just wanted to throw that in one last time. <laughs> last stab. Yeah. So, where do you land, audience? Ridley Scott, great director, I know. Maybe you love him, as one f- fellow I know stated. Uh, never mind. <laughs> I'm going to keep that confidential. <laughs> uh, anyway, I know some people love Ridley Scott, so let, me, uh, let us know whether you think we're totally off base here. Anyway, uh, Andres, what's in your film queue? Uh, I have not gone around to starting the jinx, so I'm going to do that. Uh, I want to find time to try and watch Sicario, Everest, and The Walk in theaters. I, With all this, I probably won't. Because on top of that, we also have to watch the Matrix trilogy. Oh, yes. Next week. You just jumped ahead of me. Uh, next well, this always happens because you ask for the film cue, and then I'm like, well, I have to explain what's coming out. Uh, next week, we're hopefully going to do another group episode bringing back, hopefully, our very special guests, uh, Mackenzie and Kenneth. <laughs> I didn't blank on your name and there. I was just thinking. Anyway, uh, we want to discuss another debate, Matrix. Are the sequels good? Or bad, and we'll tell you where we side. I'm later. I'm just saying sequel, <laughs> sequel. Oh, okay, yeah. Andres has a point he wants to make. <laughs> anyway, my film queue consists of Arsenic and Old Lace, uh, a few Marx Brothers movies I still have to get through. Uh, I'm gonna watch Sicario hopefully on Monday. Maybe Everest. I'm not sure which yet. Um, fucking. Oh shit! I'm blanking. The Matrix movies. You know what? The Matrix movies are probably going to take up most of my weeks, so yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it there. That'll, that'll do. Yeah. Uh, Andres, where can we find you? Um, everywhere at Pocket Writer. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Letterboxd. I almost forgot that last week. Uh, you can also look and see some reviews over on unrealflix.com. U-N-R-E-E-L. Great. And you can find me at Jeff underscore ped on twitter jeffrey underscore pedernera on instagram just jeff ped on letterboxd oh my god this gets annoying every week (laughs) so many things so many things uh and yeah that's where you can find me so till next week consider the question ridley scott good or no